Hey friends, I'm Becky Davidson. Welcome to the Rising Above Ministries podcast, where we share stories of hope, inspiration, and encouragement from special needs families from around the world. We have something exciting that's starting this week on the Rising Above website. We are starting a new Bible study series called Peace in the Chaos. Now, I don't know about you, but things in the world right now are really causing me and so many other people I know to not be in a very peaceful state. And so in this series, we're going to be looking at different ways that we can keep our peace. And so starting this week, we have the introduction part up on the website. Just go to the Rising Above Ministries blog on our website and you will find all the information that you need right there. Every week there will be a short, brief little teaching video and then you will have a download that you can go and download this PDF where you can go along with us in this study where we will be looking at ways to have peace in the chaos. We'll be looking at how we can keep our peace by remembering who God is. We can keep our peace by renewing our minds and giving God our fears and learning to unplug and be still and being in God's creation, finding community, and then accepting the good news of what Jesus did for us. And so throughout these next few weeks, you can go to the website, you can download each week the different sessions, watch the short little video. And then starting next week, our podcast are going to be different friends of ours from the special needs community who are going to be sharing how they keep their peace in the chaos. So it's going to be a great series and we are so excited and hope that you'll join with us as we look at finding and keeping our peace in the chaos of this world. Now, my guest today is my friend, Heidi Clopton. And Heidi came into our life back 23 years ago when my son was just about a year old. And she was one of his very first therapists ever. She's an occupational therapist, and she owns a center, therapy center here in our hometown and has worked with families for years, loving and serving them and helping them navigate the special needs journey. And we're going to have a special conversation about sensory processing disorder. That's something that my son has always dealt with. And she's going to share some tips and strategies and things that you can do at home to help your child with any sensory issues that they may have. And so I know that you're going to enjoy this conversation that I had with my friend, Heidi Clopton. Hey, Heidi, thank you so much for joining me today on this special episode of the Rising Above Ministries podcast. Thanks for being here. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Share with us a little bit about who you are and your background and what you do here in Cookville. I know you we've taken advantage of your services at Centers of Development, but I would love for you to share with everyone what you do. Sure. So I'm a pediatric occupational therapist, and I can say pediatric with confidence because I've been doing this 24 years now in pediatrics. Yes. So. Um, so I just, I started out as an OT with a love for children and families. And I started our clinic, um, about 20 years ago because I was working in the schools and in the homes and, but I just felt like I needed a place where all services could be provided for families, um, under one roof with a team working together. And so I own centers of development and we provide 
occupational, physical, speech, feeding, and behavior therapy. And alongside my husband, Dr. Clopton with Center of Vision, we also provide vision therapy. So I just really have a heart for treating the child as a whole Mm -hmm. and trying to provide everything we can to help them. Well, and I know that firsthand because it was funny when you said you've been doing this 24 years, I went, John Alex just turned 24 years old. And so as long as you've been doing therapy, uh, you've known our family and, you know, we, we met, like I said, it was probably close to, it was 23, probably Mm -hmm. close to when he's his first birthday, 23 years ago, but I had this little baby who wouldn't sleep, who Mm -hmm loved to jump and love mm-hmm. to move, but he didn't want anything touching his hands. And like, I right. so remember, like we'd reach out and try to like grab, you know, hold his little hand and he would mm-hmm. just like, Oh, pull back. Cause like, it was mm-hmm. just too much. And we we're like, we didn't know what was going on. And right. so that's how you came into our life was we met mm-hmm. you. And, and I've shared this, you've been on the podcast before with us a year and a half ago, I think. And, and mm-hmm. we shared the story about I think in that podcast of when we first met and I'll never forget you coming to our house for the first time. And John Alex is in the hallway there, mm-hmm. right, right outside the front door. Bouncing, and his, bouncing. John is bouncing, <laughs> just bouncing away in his Johnny uh, jump up. And that was his most favorite thing in the whole wide world right. to do. And right. you coming in, you were probably how old at that point? I mean, you were young, it, uh, you were just finishing up with school. 22. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 22 probably. Yeah. And yeah. so we discovered along those, well, you know, John Alex's first diagnosis was actually a vision diagnosis. He had delayed visual mm-hmm. maturation was his first diagnosis that he got. Right. And then we started obviously getting more diagnoses along the way. And so you came into the picture right before his first birthday and mm-hmm. started talking all these terminology, this, this terminology <laughs> that we had no, no clue, proprioceptive and vestibular and all these things discovered yes. that John Alex had lots of sensory issues. And so right. well, I wanted right. to bring you into this conversation back when, back 23 years ago, I mean, there, first of all, the internet really wasn't even a thing at that point. And so right. you go and research anything, we couldn't find anything. Now, so many people are aware of sensory processing disorder, but I want to have this conversation with you uh, to kind of break it down, walk through what it is. And then we'll talk about some things that simple things that families can do at home um, to help their kids. So absolutely. So sensory processing disorder just means that a child is having difficulty with how they take in sensations. And it's often sensations that most people have never even heard of, which is vestibular, which is your balance system, your movement system. Proprioceptive is just a big term to show how your joints and your muscles are reacting. Um, So, and then of course, most people know that touch is a sensory and auditory and visual are part of sensory processing as well. But what we have found over the years as occupational therapists and the research shows is that it's that vestibular, the movement inputs, and then the joint and muscle um, sensations that are the most powerful to the brain. Um, And so some children, it's, you know, too much sensation and they're completely overwhelmed and they may tire more easily. They may be overwhelmed more easily in crowds. um, And that's called sensory modulation or hyper sensitivity. Um, and then some children need a lot of it. They're Mm -hmm. your 
you know, children that may be labeled ADHD, they have trouble sitting in a seat, they can't get enough movement, they're swinging, they're running, they're, and they just can't slow their bodies down. Mm -hmm. And so that's under registration or under processing. Yeah. And so I'm trying to think back to when we started all of the therapy with you. And mm-hmm. if I'm remembering correctly, John Alex kind of went back and forth between the two. There were sometimes he was mm-hmm. needing the, right. the, the big swing. And then there was sometimes it was mm-hmm. too much, you know, but, you know, even now today, he still loves to swing. I mean, like, right. he has a swing in his bedroom and mm-hmm. we are multiple. I'm mean, like, literally the first thing when he gets mm-hmm. up in the morning is he swings That's his out of his bed and he goes right. to swing. The last right. thing before he goes to bed, he swings and then he goes to bed. Right. And, uh, you know, so mm-hmm. it, he, he, it, even though he didn't want to touch the, I mean, like doing arts and doing fine motor things, forget mm-hmm. it. You know, he right. Just, he hates it right. still to this day. Right. Um, but an important thing to know, I have a pyramid, um, a visual pyramid that I show families. And at the very base of your brain, the very base of your brain stem is the first thing you have to mature in your brain before you can really do higher level stuff Mm -hmm. like fine motor and sit at a table. Um, And so we look at it in occupational therapy as a way to treat that lower level of the brain and give it what it needs sensory wise, Mm -hmm. meet the child wherever they're at with their sensory system and develop a plan so that the child gets what they need so that they can sit down and attend and Mm -hmm. they can learn to do, you know, activities they need to do and communicate and emotions are the very highest part of the brain. So, Mm -hmm. you know, child that has emotional regulation issues and is, you know, having meltdowns and tantrums and all those things, you know, you have to address sensory with that because it's, it's powerful, you know, and it can, you know, if they're getting too much, it can, you know, cause negative behaviors. If they're not getting enough, Mm -hmm. you know, then it can help calm their brain down if we give them more. Yeah. And, you know, I think about, you know, kids going into school who need that. I know that was something that we encountered at school. You know, John Alex craved and needed that movement mm-hmm. in the swing and whatnot. And, and we, we went in and actually wrote it into his IEP yes. you know, to say yes. that in order for him to be able to sit and do these skills and to sit right. and do these tasks, you, we have to do this. It's kind of like, mm-hmm. I think, and this may have been even your analogy that you shared, but it's like, it's mm-hmm. asking someone to sit down and do a task, a writing task and not giving them a pencil to do it with. Right. Them the right. Tools to do it with. You're asking right. them to do something that they right. simply can't do because they don't have mm-hmm. the tools to do it. We call it a ready state of the brain. You know, the brain can't be at a ready state unless it's been given, you know, those brainstem mm-hmm. inputs, which are movement, joint and muscle activities, you know, and a lot of our children don't know how to move their bodies on their own to get this. Mm-hmm. So it comes out as self-stem or rocking or flapping mm-hmm. or, you know, all those other self-stimulatory type things they pick up. And that tells us, oh my goodness, their sensory system is, is needing more, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and so that's kind of our job as OTs is to figure out what they need exactly. So Heidi, let's just say that you, you know, you're a mom, a young mom, and you've, you have a child and you're, you notice, you know, they're really struggling in school. They're struggling to focus. They're struggling to to sit still. And, you know, it's Mm -hmm. it's frustrating. I know as a parent Mm -hmm. to go, you know, what, what do I do I to help them? Do calm? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Why are they doing this? Mm-hmm. So what are mm-hmm. some telltale signs for parents? What would you, what are some indicators for parents to look for, to go, you know, this is something that we need to look into. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What would you say? Absolutely. 
So number one, um, sleep, you know, if a child is not sleeping well and (laughs) and just calming themselves, you know, if they seem like they need to come to you, even, you know, little kids, it's normal. They need to be held and they need to be rocked, but at a certain age, you know, they may get a boo-boo and get over it and move on. But if they're like overreacting to any kind of pain on their skin, you know, obviously they don't want to be touched. They're freaking out about different textures on their skin, picky eating. Those can all be signs of touch um, hypersensitivity. Um, And then um, for movement, obviously, if your child is severely afraid of movement, you know, avoids the playground, wants you to hold them when you go to the playground, or maybe um, they get car sick, you know, you're seeing signs of that or hyperactivity, just any kind of hyperactivity, not being able to sit still at a normal age, not being able to sit and, and do, you know, work at a table or sit for the whole dinner time. Those mm-hmm. are our big red flags as well. Yeah. So it's almost like it's a spectrum almost like the yeah. got on one end, you've got the child mm-hmm. who uh, doesn't, yeah, avoids mm-hmm. and doesn't want the input. And you've got this, mm-hmm. the ones who are seeking needing that, that input. And so kind of knowing that it's not just those mm-hmm. who are seeking, it's, it could go across the gamut of both, yeah. both ends of that. And, and some maybe modulate between back between the two, just depending sure. on and sure. do you see other indicators, other things? Um, like I know with John Alex, for him, one of the things that was the biggest change for him, you know, we started therapy with you, but we also changed mm-hmm. his diet. Yes. And absolutely. that helped to kind of calm down mm-hmm. all of those things that were, mm-hmm. that were heightened. Do you see that as well in your practice? Absolutely. Absolutely. So the gut um, tells the brain what neurotransmitters to release. So neurotransmitters is just a big word for things like maybe people have heard of like serotonin is something that's calming to the brain. Uh, Dopamine is, you know, something that helps our brain attend, but can also be too much and make us like obsessive compulsive about things. Um, But it regulates our sleep, you know, um, all those neurotransmitters in the brain have a huge effect on sleep, attention, social skills, you know, everything. And so our gut is also called our little brain um, because it is then releasing to the brain, you know, telling it what to do. Um, So if the gut's under stress, whatever reason that the gut is under stress um, could be they need a special diet, could be they're lacking in supplements um, that they're not getting. A lot of kids are such picky eaters that they're not getting you know, they're not eating vegetables, period. Um, Sometimes they're not eating healthy meats. They might be eating chicken tenders, but it may have a lot of additives in it that are also causing that brain to go haywire. Mm -hmm. So there's all kinds of things. Everything we put into our mouth has a direct effect on our brain. Um, And so then therefore, if the gut's under stress, our sensory system's under stress. And so those go hand in hand always. Um, Well, that for us was was one of the biggest changes when we, when we did that, mm-hmm. that is when I saw him wake up. I mean, cause he used right. to just shut down all the right. time because mm-hmm. it was just too much for him. The world mm-hmm. itself was too much for him. And so he would just yeah. shut down and shut everything and everyone yeah. out. Yeah. And then when we started doing the therapies and started changing his diet, we saw mm-hmm. huge, huge changes. Right. So if there's a parent that's wondering, you know, like, okay, I see some of these red flags. What's, mm-hmm. What do you do? What are the first steps that you take to see what's really going on? And what, is, sure. what does it look like? What does the testing look like? So um, most of the 10 care insurances are um, all of them. Now that's, uh, for, that's for people here in Tennessee because we're yes. here, so 10 care yes. is, is 
Tennessee. So Medicaid, Medicaid. Yeah. So we have 10 cares. So other states would have Medicaid programs. So whatever your Medicaid program cover occupational therapy evaluations, um, even without a diagnosis, they can request that. Most major insurances um, also cover it. Um, and they just have to look at their plan. But if not, you just reach out to a local occupational therapist in your area. If they have a training called sensory integration praxis test, SIPT, that's a plus. That's a big, long training they go through to get that special certificate. Um, but most pediatric occupational therapists, we know a lot about sensory. That's mm -hmm. you know a lot of the school that we get other than fine motor and self-help you know, we learn about sensory systems and how it affects a child. So reaching out to an occupational therapist, um, getting an evaluation and an evaluation is just to see you know, where are they at, you know, what do they need help with? Um, so that would be the first step. Um, secondly, you know, looking at special diets for sure, you know, and, and looking at, you know, what your child is eating and trying to change it to a healthier diet, of course, will help as well. Mm -hmm. So what are some simple things that parents can do at home if they, they realize their child is mm -hmm. experiencing sensory overload or, or having issues mm -hmm. with sensory mm -hmm. um, processing? What are some things that families can put into place at home? Mm -hmm. There's so many things. Like I said, when we started, there really wasn't much out there available. We mm -hmm. created our own sensory basement right. for John right. Alex. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But what are some so, things, what are the, some of the top things that are, that are not, you know, people, a lot of families don't have a lot of money to spend. What are right. some basic, simple things that families can do? So number one, I tell families movement, um, movement is calming. It goes back to a child being in the womb, you know, and it makes them feel safe and calm and secure. Um, and so that may be, you know, if your child's still in a stroller going for a walk every day, just being outside in greens and blues can be calming as well. Um, but whether they're in a stroller or you can get a swing for them and start out with just gentle rocking back and forth. Um, a rocking chair, you know, considering a glider or a rocking chair, but that back and forth linear rocking can be very, very calming. Um, and I think that's and, important what you're saying. It's the linear it's our, cause I remember mm -hmm. that with John Alex, right. It's not the haphazard right. swinging. It's very right. purposeful. It's very. Yeah. And, and, you know, think about, you know, as you you would rock a baby, you know, um, just that back and forth, back and forth motion, not you know, all crazy, you know, mm. <laughs> spinning and right. all that kind of thing. So, um, and then, um, next would be, um, deep pressure touch, which a lot of people have caught on in the last few years, weighted blankets. Mm -hmm. Um, but we also use vibration a lot in therapy, um, because that also, that does deep pressure touch and, but it also helps the joints and muscles. Um, so massage pads, um, I often recommend to families that they put a massage pad under like a thick mattress cover on their child's bed. And that becomes their routine. When they go to sleep, you turn it on. And then if they wake up in the middle of the night, it's a nice way to try and keep them in their bed and not rush over to your bed. Um, so they can learn to turn on and off that mat as they need it. Mm -hmm. And then it's a good way to wake up in the morning. Um, and so some children love it and it's an absolute lifesaver. Some children don't like the sensation of it. Um, so if they don't like the vibration, then going back to the deep pressure, you know, massage, um, 
we call them hand hugs, where we just kind of squeeze up and down an arm or up and down a leg um, and head massage, hand massage, you know, any kind of deep pressure um, is very calming. So, and then the other is if they are mobile and they're able to move, um, jumping, running, playing, just general play playground activities. Um, but jumping has a huge effect on a child's, just like John Alex liked to jump when he was yes. little, he was seeking that, you know, and that can have a huge calming effect throughout the body because it goes to all the joints in the body um, and helps that brain release those calming mm -hmm. neurotransmitters. Yeah. And we always had lots of different therapy balls because for him, he mm -hmm. couldn't run and it's couldn't bouncing. do that. Yeah. Right. So we would mm -hmm. bounce and, and uh, right. give him that mm -hmm. movement that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So anything yeah. else like this simple thing? So like a swing, if you can having therapy a swing balls. if you can. Yes. Um, and um, therapy balls are great. They can bounce on the therapy ball and sit on it. You can kind of hold their hips and help them bounce. And one of the most calming things I see kids drawn to here is just laying their belly on the ball because then they're giving themselves deep pressure. Mm -hmm. So even if they're not very mobile, you can often take their hands and we do like row, row, row your boat, but they've got their hands out over the ball and they're giving deep pressure from the weight of their body onto the ball. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of our kids really like that movement and that's very calming for them because um, it's giving movement and deep pressure at the same time. Um, so one of the biggest things I often tell parents, the very first visit they come is to have a sensory calming space for your child. Um, so that whether they're a child that gets overwhelmed easily or is hypersensitive, um, is very nice to have just a space in your home. So the newest thing that I've kind of come up with, there's these things called sensory canoes online that are like a hundred bucks. So they're kind of expensive, mm -hmm. but it's like a canoe they get into inflated and it squeezes them. But my version of that is to take a large Tupperware container, like you would put a Christmas tree into a pretty large size, depending on the size of your child, put vibration on the bottom of it and then have a weighted blanket on top and then make like a tent space. So you may have a tent or you may just take a sheet and have it over it in a corner, but it's a, it's a sensory space your child can go to. Um, and that's pretty cheap, you know, and easy to do. Um, and I've had a lot of kids just love that because they're inside a small space, which is very calming. The whole thing is vibrating and yeah. they've got the weight on top and they've got all the visual that they're overwhelmed with, you know, kind of cut out with a tent. And um, that can be just a lifesaver because the child will learn then to self-regulate and learn to self-calm and say, oh, I need to go to my space. Mm -hmm. Or if you can see them ramping up and you know, get ready to have a meltdown, you can say, Hey, why don't you go to your space for a minute? You know, so it just helps teach that child that, you know, sometimes we all need a break, you mm -hmm. know, I go for a walk. Some people sit on their front porch and swing, you know, <laughs> yeah. but some of these kiddos don't have that space, that designated place to go to, to kind of reset and calm down. And so that's a cheap and easy way to mm -hmm. do it in the home. That's good. I'm actually thinking of, of a mama right now who I think that would be something yeah. great for, for he, her son, because mm -hmm. I know she's looking for ways to help calm right. him down. So do you have any resources? Like, do you have a website where you have lots of you mm -hmm. know resources where people can learn more about some sure. of these different things that are available? Sure. My website has a lot of information on it. Um, it's developmentaldelay.net. 
Um, and then we have a Facebook page as well, Center of Development on Facebook, where I'm constantly posting and reposting handouts for different things. So if you even just go through the pictures on that page, like if we've created a handout in the clinic for families, I'll often take a picture and upload it there. Um, anyone can email me. I'll be happy to, you know, help give them more specific for their area recommendations. Um, and my email is linked on our um, webpage as well. Um, but I'm, you know, very happy to help. Um, there's, there are a lot of recommendations out there. The thing I'm careful of is not everything works for every child, right. you know, and it does take kind of an occupational therapist that knows what they're doing to know this is the sensory your child needs versus this may not be good for mm -hmm. them. So um, it is this very specific recommendation, but some things work for most kids, you mm -hmm. know, definitely the linear swinging, the joint and muscle jumping, you know, um, those are some that almost all kids benefit from. Um, but then from there, it becomes more specific um, when you're dealing with different different sensitivities. Yeah. So do you have any success stories? Like what are some stories of some of the the kiddos you've worked with where maybe they came in just really, really struggling and then sure. you worked with them and, and saw changes? Absolutely. Yeah. So just about every kid we work with, you know, there's something that ends up being their calmer, you know, mm -hmm. and that's the thing, just like you, you found that swinging was J John Alex's calmer. Um, I think that's the most important thing for families to know is that, you know, it is kind of trial and error. And, but when we figure out what works for that kid, it works, you know, and it works for a long time, you know? 24 years down the road, <laughs> exactly. you know, yeah, yeah. we're still swinging. So, yeah. Right. So, um, but yeah, so, um, I have a patient right now that I've treated since he was eight. He's now 21. He is um, high functioning autism. Um, he is come from a child that at eight years old was throwing things, you know, acting out behaviorally, but was completely auditorily overwhelmed is what mm. we found out. And so when he was triggered by auditory information, he would just go from what we call fight or flight. He'd go into just a severe reaction of either aggression or running away. Mm -hmm. And so what we found is that if he can have vibration on his neck while he's doing a task that's stressful to him, um, he can get through it. He can deal with, um, with the auditory and he can deal with being overwhelmed. Um, so, so that's been huge for him. He's 21 years old and he can now do tasks in his home. He's getting ready to do a job in the community. Um, but he has to have that option or he just needs a break. He needs to learn to communicate. Hey, I'm a little overwhelmed. And we use a visual, um, which has, you know, red at the top, orange, yellow, green, and blue. And so we're constantly using that visual to say, okay, where's your sensory system right now? Where's your stress? You know, if you get on yellow, it's time to take a break. It's mm -hmm. time to say, hey, I need vibration. I need to walk around. And so we use those visuals. It's called a visual five point scale with him. And it's worked really well to keep him from throwing things. And <laughs> I think it's been about four years since we've had anything thrown and, and, yeah. you know, and he's doing some office work and learning, you know, skills. So it's been good. That's so, amazing. but that was just a quick and easy thing. You know, it's not hard to, you know, work in a place and say, Hey, I need a five minute break. Go put a vibration neck massager on, mm -hmm. walk around. You know, so we try to make it work with wherever level they're at and what they're doing, what can be a functional, you know, break for them or sensory reset for them. 
What that's a great story, Heidi. And we, you know, we always love hearing when our kids um, we can find what works and find success and help them to be able to function. And well, the reality is we all get sensory overloaded at some point in time, you know, every one of us and absolutely. And so some just more to a higher degree than others. And so there, there are times we all need to go find that quiet, Mm -hmm. still place Mm -hmm. and uh, be quiet. Are there any books that you would, that are easy reads for parents that you recommend? Um, So one is called um, Sensory Secrets. It is very, very easy to read. Um, So that's um, one that we often recommend. Out of Sync Child has been out forever. Oh, goodness. We had that. Yes. still out. That was was the book we Um, read. Yep. It is a good, still a good overall. Um, There's another one called Too Loud, Too Bright, Too Fast. Um, Mm -hmm. That's a very easy read. Um, And it's even for adults as well. Um, So parents can start to recognize what their sensory issues are because their children are also often triggering them in their sensory issues. So keeping that in mind um, is, is really good. So, um, but I actually helped edit a book called Sensory Processing Anthology, um, which was a mom who was also a psychologist. Um, but it's, it's got lots of recommendations in it. Um, and so that's another book that's on Amazon. So great, great. Well, Heidi, thank you so much for your time and thank you for all that you do for special needs families. I know you have had a heart for special needs families for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's so wonderful to see how you have grown, how your business has grown, how your love for families, you just continue to love and serve them so well. So thank do you. Do it as long as I can. I keep, keep going, keep going. We're all getting older, but I know, it, right? I know we just keep, keep, keep pressing yeah. on. So thank you so much for your time today and for sharing uh, some sensory tips for us as we try to help our kids do the best that they can with all the the stresses that are in this world right now. So thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Rising Above Ministries podcast. If you like what you hear, please take a minute to leave us a rating and review. This helps others like you find our content more easily. You can learn more about how Rising Above Ministries is encouraging the special needs community by checking out our website at risingaboveministries.org or by finding us on Facebook and Instagram. We look forward to connecting with you.